this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. This episode is sponsored by A Robot in the Garden by Deborah Install. She's a U.S. debut author who published in the U.K. first, and she's received a ton of international buzz. This is a book about a guy named Ben. He is really great at failing at stuff. Uh, he's failed at his job, at being a husband, at even taking the garbage out. But then he finds a battered robot named Tang in his garden, and Tang needs Ben. He's more ornery and prone to tantrums than one would expect from something made of gears and springs. But Tang desperately must be fixed. And and he just might be the thing to fix what's broken in Ben as well. So together, Ben and Tang will discover that friendship can rise up against the strangest circumstances and what it really means to be human. You can check out A Robot in the Garden by Deborah Install when, wherever books are sold or click the link in the show notes for more information. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 53, and today we are talking about books released on May 10th, 2016. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow well-redhead Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello. Hi. I'm totally in denial that we're already doing episodes for the middle of May. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. And also, we're recording this a little early because when it actually launches, we will be... Um, on our way to Chicago for yes. BEA. I'm like, where for am I going? I, don't I know, know, right? We're going to go do a thing. Uh, yeah, and we're going to record our May 17th episode early as well. So we'll have, we're, we have a busy weekend, lots of quality time. I had to uh, do the math because I'm actually just going to be on the bus. BEA hasn't started. <laughs> I'm just that crazy person riding the bus for 27 <laughs> hours to Chicago. So I was trying to think about it, but... Yeah, you're gonna have so many stories and pictures. Just keep all of your teeth in your head this time. I know it's hard to do because it's like a, it's like a double whammy. I'm on a bus and I'm going to see Colson Whitehead, which is like when I lost my tooth the last time. So oh, that's right. It's really bad. It's really <laughs> nervous. I don't know. You'll do great. And if any of you who are listening are going to be at Book Expo, uh, I think we'll both be there Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday yes. at the show every day. Um, we might be running around together or separately, but we would love to meet you if you see us. So please do come up and say hi. Um, we're very nice and friendly. And it's true. Yes. All right. <laughs> I lost my words for a second. So do you want to talk about your first book? Yeah, sure. I don't care. That's fine. Um <laughs> I'm, I'm like in BEA mode now. I'm like so stressed out. So books, books are always good to talk about. Let's do it. My first pick is called Mongrels. It's by Stephen Graham Jones. He is awesome. Also really, really handsome, but that's neither here nor there. It um, doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. Yeah, he's really dreamy. Anyway, um, he wrote this amazing collection of short stories a couple years ago called After the People Lights Have Gone Off. I don't, I might have talked about it on here, mentioned it somewhere. I don't know. It's really good. I, I learned an important lesson from that, and that is don't tattoo dead bodies. So just oh. so you know. Um, also, just so you know, this show is like peak, like weird, morbid liberty books. <laughs> like last week we talked about spirituality and enlightenment, so I came back hard with the morbid and strange. So uh, this book is about, it's like a coming of age werewolf story. 
Um, and he's an incredible writer, and the chapters are almost like short stories on their own. There's a young boy, and he lives with his aunt and uncle. Um, his mother could not survive. Um, humans cannot survive giving birth uh, to werewolves. Um, and so his mother has passed away, and she had a twin brother and a twin sister. They were triplets. And so now he lives with them. And when he was very young, they lived with his grandfather, who told him, like, about how, how they were werewolves and what it was like to be a werewolf. And it's really interesting because he, Stephen Graham Jones talks about, like, all the horrible things that will happen to you and all the horrible ways you will die as a werewolf. And, like, the more he talked about it, the more I was like, I want to be a werewolf. This is <laughs> rad. But, like, really horrible, terrible things. Um, but, so, they kind of have to, like, go on the run all the time because they're werewolves and... They get, you know, in their little werewolf stage, and then people die, and they get in fights, and they eat people's pets, and you just can't keep doing that in the same spot, or <laughs> someone starts to notice. People um, do pay attention to that. Yeah, unless unless you're in Sunnydale, and no one ever notices anything ever there. But um, anyway, so he kind of like, but as he's, he also is unhappy about the fact that he might be a werewolf, like they're waiting to see if he's going to be one. Um, and as he grows up, um, he, he doesn't really know if he wants to be one. Sometimes he runs away, but of course they can always find him, um, because they have an incredible sense of smell and they know where he's hiding and, you know, they can track him. Um, and so, but sometimes he's like, this is going to be really awesome. I'm going to be a werewolf and this is going to be rad, you know? And it just kind of follows along as he gets older, like, eventually, is he going to become a werewolf? And if he doesn't, is he going to want to stay with his family? You know, or even if he does become a werewolf, is he going to want to stay with his family? Um, it's just really awesome, rad, super grisly, super grisly. There was some stuff, but I was like, oh, that was so <laughs> gross. Um, but it's so rad. Anyway, again, it's called Mongrels, and it's by Stephen Graham Jones. And it also has the Amanda Nelson seal of approval. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw her it. post about it on Litzy this morning, and yep. it seems like it rendered her speechless, too. Yeah, it's rad. <laughs> awesome. Uh, my first book is not exciting and grisly in the same way. Uh, it's called Boy Erased by, I think it's Gerard Conley. Maybe it's Gerard. I'm not sure. He's Southern. I don't know. Uh, but when he, this is a memoir. When he was 19, he was outed by a friend from college uh, who told his parents that he was gay. He is gay. Uh, and this was a problem because he is the son of a Baptist preacher in a small town in Arkansas. His father was just about to be ordained and take off with uh, the ministry that he had been planning for for a long time. And so this was a huge bomb dropped uh, on his family. And his parents gave him the ultimatum that he could either get ungay by going to uh, Love in Action, which is an ex-gay therapy program. And just imagine scare quotes around the word therapy every time that I say it. Um, and Or he could lose everything. He could lose his family and his friends and his community and the church family that he had known his whole life. I mean, he had been in college for one semester when this happened and was just starting to discover, like having his mind opened by education. And he was really starting to question his faith anyway. Um, he had also been raped uh, in that first semester of college and was just, you know, trying to put the pieces of himself together to figure out who he was, um, how to deal with being a gay man from a small town in Arkansas with conservative Baptist parents. And then this happened. Uh, and the memoir takes us through the moments with his family the moments away with his friends at school um, as he's struggling with all of this and then takes us right into the heart of the therapy program, um, which is just horrific. Um, if you've done any reading about these ex-gay 
therapies, scare quotes, all the scare quotes. There's no science behind them at all. It's really cruel um, what's done to the people who are usually forced into the program by a family member um, or by their church with some sort of similar ultimatum that you'll lose everything that you care about if you don't go. Um, And they have to do like in the program that he's in, they have to do something like every day they have to come up with a different sin that they committed that's related to their sexuality and write about it and share this deeply personal intimate thing with the group uh, of other people that they're going through treatment with. Um, It's like a 12-step program. In fact, the one that he's in is modeled on the 12 steps of AA, um, but designed to make you not gay anymore. And it just is, it causes so much angst uh, and so much unhappiness for people. And he's so gracious and kind uh, about the way that this affected him. It's really, I think that's really remarkable. He's so resilient uh, in writing about surviving that experience and coming to understand himself, but also is not uh, nearly as mean as I think I would be writing about a family that had done the same thing to me. It's an important and really uh, interesting and well-written memoir. Um, I think this is a a great time for this story to be told. Uh, And again, it's called Boy Erased by Gerard Conley. And before I kick it over, oh no, you're going to do this sponsor. I'm going to do this sponsor. So I mean, you can do them all if you want. Yeah, no, run away with it, lady. Okay, our first sponsor today is the book Square Root of Summer by Harriet Reuter Hapgood, and it is about. I'm going to tell you. I'm like, where did I lost my notes? Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The synopsis says, "This is what it means to love someone. This is what it means to grieve someone. It's a little bit like infinity." Gotti is 17, motherless, and losing time, literally. When the fabric of the universe surrounding her seaside town begins to fray, it sends Gotti through wormholes to her past, to last summer when her grandfather Gray died, to when she fell in love with Jason, to the day her childhood best friend Thomas moved to Canada, leaving her behind. Although Gray is gone, Jason and Thomas are back, and Gotti's past, present, and future are about to change forever. It says it is perfect for the summer, set in a charming seaside town in the U.K., um, it's being compared to Before I Fall, uh, We Were Liars, Every Day. Um, the author is similar to Lauren Oliver, Gail Foreman, and Jandy Nelson. Um, and it's a really great look uh, for people who like t- The Time Traveler's Wife. It's kind of like The Time Traveler's Wife for a new generation. And it sounds awesome. So I'm going to have to read this. I haven't, I haven't read it. Yeah, I haven't read it either. Um, I'm always looking for more YA, and this sounds good. So you can go to squarerootofsummer.com to get more information. Yeah, and we'll drop a link in the show notes. Yes, we will. Awesome. Is it my turn again? It is. Okay, here comes some more weird. Um, my next <laughs> I'm pick ready. is called The Loney by Andrew Michael Hurley. This uh, just won the Costa First Novel Award a few months ago. Um, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. It's thrilling, but it's not a thriller. Um, it it reminded me. Okay, so it reminded me a lot of like the Blair Witch Project in that it's set in this seaside town. It's about this young boy who has a brother who doesn't speak, and his parents want him to speak. Like he's getting older, and he just does not talk, and they think that he could be cured by God. So they take him to these retreats on Easter. Um, out in the middle of nowhere in this old church and, like, try to, like, give him the water there and hope that, you know, like, with prayer and a priest, like, he'll start speaking. Um, and so it's just, like, this gray, dangerous seaside town. It's, like, in the middle of nowhere, and if it floods, like, you could get caught out there, and 
and it's it's pretty dangerous. Um, but like every once in a while, as you're going along in this like gray, bleak story, you get like a flash of red because there's something like really upsetting or gross or just unsettling, and it's it's really good. So he's this boy. Um, his name is Smith. That's his family name. Um, he's out there with his brother and their priest and some of the people from their church, and they're hoping that his brother Hanny will start to talk. But there are some interesting, dangerous people who are kind of wandering around from the town, and there's something going on at a house nearby. And I just don't want to give anything away. I'm like, have I already said too much? <laughs> um, but when the book opens, it's like 30 years since the book, the book takes place in 1976, but like it opens like 30 years later, and this giant storm has completely washed out this this spot of town called the Loney, um, and they have found like a body. So mm. it like brings him back to when he was out there 30 years before with his brother, and yeah, it's really creepy, um, and it's like it's a really slow burn, like it's not like really fast paced. Um, but, like, there's this weird stuff, and I read it, and then I was like, this could be interpreted this way, or this could be interpreted that way. Um, so I definitely want to go back and see what, what I thought was going on, and if that was, in fact, the case. The setting reminded me of The Wasp Factory by Ian Banks. Um, if you like dark and disturbing and really messed up, um, The Wasp Factory is the place you want to be. Like, that is (laughs) the place you want to be. I think the Beverly Hillbillies. So they bought some Ian Banks and they read the factory. <laughs> Wasp, that is. Anyway, um, so again, it's called The Loney and it's by Andrew Michael Hurley. I wondered what was going to happen when you said Beverly Hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what am I talking? What am I even talking about? I I'm know. wearing a gingham shirt right now, so I'm like halfway to Ellie Mae. Awesome. <laughs> What are we doing? Okay, I don't know. My, <laughs> my next pick today is The High Places. It is the first short story collection by Fiona McFarlane, uh, who had a novel out a few years ago called The Night Guest, which I think I recall you liked or you read. Oh my God, or... it's so good. Okay, yay, good, glad. My memory is on track with that. Um, so we know on all the books that I love short stories, and these just did it for me. I had not read Fiona McFarlane before, and I always think it's fun to encounter a writer for the first time through short stories and get to see sort of what their range is rather than just seeing them kind of do one thing in a novel. And all of the stories in this collection are about, you know, normal lives, but sort of seen through the lens of mysteries of life and of what really drives uh, our reality and the experiences that we have. And so there are usually some, well, mostly normal lives, but there are usually uh, some strange or off pieces. Uh, the opening story is about a couple uh, that just got married that day. They had a like brief elopement and they're driving home uh, and they get in a car accident and they kill a guy in the car accident and like kind of just drive away from it. Um But they have these conversations and the sort of like unspoken decision happens that they're going to just leave and not take responsibility for it. But you understand why they're doing it and you kind of aren't mad at them, which is really an interesting thing for a writer to be able to do. Um, Just sort of these like quiet, unexpected moments that uh, are turning points in people's lives. And then you can imagine what happens when the story ends and this couple goes about the rest of their life knowing that they did this thing. I love that when when a short story ends with more of a question than it does of an answer. Uh, There's another great one in the piece that is about a scientist who lives on a small island with only a giant squid and the ghost of Charles Darwin. (laughs) Which 
She's so rad. <laughs> she is. It's so great. I just really enjoyed this introduction uh, to her work. I'm going to pick up the night guest soon. And I just every piece was spot on. Um, it's like an album where you don't have to skip any tracks and a short story collection that really does that well is I think is pretty unusual. Usually there are a couple pieces that I find, you know, if, oh, if I had known this, I probably would have skipped this one going in. But I really just loved everything in this one. And again, the collection is called The High Places by Fiona McFarlane. Definitely, definitely pick that up. She's so awesome. Yeah, it's so good. It had been a while since I had read a short story collection, too. Like, I think a month or so since we've had one uh, that I read on the show. And I was ready. It was just the right time. Yeah. The do you, the night guest is about an older woman who like lives alone and a lady shows up saying that she's been sent by the town to like take care of her. Oh. And while they're there like the woman starts thinking she hears a tiger in her house. <sighs> but she lives like in Australia on the beach where so. they don't have tigers. Yeah. So she doesn't know what's going on. That's weird. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, she's not quite as weird as like uh Karen Russell, George Saunders weird, but there's a touch of weird, which is really great. And speaking of George Saunders, yes. for the second half of the show today, uh, instead of more new titles, we're going to do some previews of uh, things that we're looking forward to in the second half of this year and uh, through by way of galleys that we hope to pick up while we're at BEA next week. Yes, George And you're going to start us with... Lincoln in the Bardo by George Saunders. That is the book that I'm so excited about. Um, and I really, really, really want to meet him. I've not met him before. Um, I think it comes out in February of 2017. Okay. But if you've not read him, he's amazing. Pick him up immediately. If you have, you know how exciting it is. This is his first novel. After all these years of publishing, it's his first novel. He's always done um, short stories. And then he had the Brief and Frightening Reign of Phil, which was like a novella. But... I just love him so much. I'm really kind of <laughs> concerned about what's going to happen. I'm either going to like completely freak out and not be able to speak, or I'm just going to like babble at him and say really stupid things. Um, but that probably happens to George Saunders all the time. Both of those. Oh my goodness, I love him. <laughs> I love him in like a really harmless way, like like John's grandmother in Garfield. Like I just want a pillow <laughs> with his chest hair. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So, but Lincoln in the Bardo, I didn't know what Bardo meant. Like, I had not heard this word before. So I haven't either. What is I it? I looked it up, and in the Tibetan Buddhism meaning, it is a state of existence between death and rebirth, varying in length according to a person's conduct in life and manner of or age at death. Okay. And basically, it's just a straight definition is an indeterminate transitional state. So it's like purgatory before you yeah. get reincarnated? Uh, yeah. But, okay. like, you won't believe this novel. It's just amazing. And he... He said that it was based on when he was traveling with his wife's cousin. I think it was the, her cousin that she mentioned. Like, she's pointing to a cemetery and she's like, oh, when um, Abraham Lincoln's young son Willie died, uh, they housed him, his body temporarily in this tomb over here um, until they could inter him, like, with his family or, or somewhere else or with his other brother or something like that. Um, and supposedly, like, like, a week after he had passed away, um, Lincoln was seen in there, like, holding his son's body. Because back then, it wasn't, like, death was not, like, this, oh, my God, mm. that's so horrible thing. It was, like, a thing that you did. Like, you kept the bodies in your house and you this and that. Um, so, he wrote this novel, and it's, like, told in, like, little bits and pieces and quotes from um, the the people who reside in the tomb where oh. Willie is. 
Um, he died. He died when he was eleven. He died of typhoid fever. It was like February of eighteen sixty-two. Um, it almost kills his mother. Like if you remember, like Mary Lincoln was mm-hmm. not a very stable woman. Um, after that, like she, like Lincoln thought he was going to have to have her sent away. And it's just kind of like the stories of the people who are still there in the Bardo, in the cemetery, like their stories. Um, it's I've read it. It's amazing. Just mind-blowing. I was like, what even is this going on? It's so incredible. Um, I'm just going to keep babbling about it, so I'm going to stop there. But (laughs) that is my number one pick. Like, oh my goodness, I can't wait. I just discovered him a couple of years ago when, uh, I think when 10th of December was coming out in paperback, because when it came out in hardcover, it had all of those, like, it was coming out in, I think it came out in hardcover in, like, January or February, and the New York Times covered it and, like, declared it the best book of the year that year, and it was the very beginning of the year, and, like, there were going to be so many other books that year, and that level of buzz just, like, I will eventually read the thing, but I can't get to it yet, so I had to wait a year until it came out in paperback, and 10th of December was my first experience with him and I was just like oh my gosh why have I been waiting forever and then I went back and read Civil War Land and Bad Decline which is also just so weird and awesome and just kooky like strange his brain is just so strange and magical in like the best way. I can't wait to read this. I had no idea what it was about because um, I wanted to hear you talk about it. Maybe I'll go with you to meet him and then we can just scare oh, him yeah. together. Just be like, <laughs> yeah. If you have a second, you should definitely Google his appearance on uh, Stephen Colbert's uh, late night show last December. He sings a song with him. He's so great. It's oh. awesome. And he, uh, George Saunders is also one of Cheryl Strayed's mentors. So okay. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. I think one of her books makes reference to it or mentions him. I probably it blocked in, it out. Yeah. Uh, okay, so before I get rolling with my anticipated galley picks, we want to get our last sponsor in this week. Book of the Month Club is back. If you're an avid reader, which we know you are because you're listening to this show, you know that there's nothing better than getting lost in a great new story, especially when the story is an adventure for you, something maybe that you wouldn't have picked up on your own. And so it can be a whole new surprise. It can open up a new literary landscape, and it might lead you to discover genres that you didn't know you liked or a new favorite author. Um, So Book of the Month is the subscription box that intends to keep your reading life adventurous. Each month, you'll get a list of five powerful, immersive new books. So it's not a total surprise. You get to see the five, and then you get to pick which one you want. Uh, So you will ultimately know which book is coming to you. They'll deliver your choice directly to your doorstep. And the books are chosen by awesome judges. Some of them are celebrities like David Sedaris and Whoopi Goldberg and Ellie Kemper from the Kimmy Schmidt Netflix show. Uh, they've had journalists from Esquire, from the Oprah magazine, from Essence. They've even had Miss Liberty herself. Yeah, yeah. That's and Judge Hardy. That, oh, right. I'm sorry. Judge Hardy. Hardy. (laughs) Um, The judges pick these five books and explain why they're into them. And then you get to pick the one that you want. So for all the books listeners today, you go to bookofthemonth.com and you're going to use the offer code bookriot30, all one word. And it's the number 30, not the word 30. So offer code bookriot30, it gets you 30% off a three-month subscription. And the price of that three-month subscription is really good to begin with. It's only $9.99 a month for a brand new hardcover. 
number. So you're beating Amazon prices for brand new books that are chosen by guest judges who really know what they're talking about and people like Liberty who really, really know what they're talking about and can help you discover great new books. So again, go to bookofthemonth.com and use the offer code BOOKRIOT30 to get 30% off a three-month subscription. Okay. So for mine, I have to say, like for BEA, usually I don't go in with a galley list because I'll be in business meetings for most of the time. And so I don't go like stay. I don't really have the time to go like stand and meet authors or go to signings, which I wish that I could do more of. I loved that. I know. I loved that about my first couple BEAs. But the flip side of it is that like that I never know what the person that I'm meeting with is going to put in my hands that I hadn't heard of until that moment. And then I get to discover like, oh, there's this new thing that I didn't know. Like last year, I didn't know that there was going to be a new Lily Tuck novel until I walked past the Grove Atlantic booth and Lily Tuck was like standing there signing. And I was like, what? Um, So that was very good news for me. So I try to let serendipity be the rule of the day. But there are a couple that I'm hoping to pick up. And one of them is Underground Railroad by Colson oh, Whitehead. I know, which like everyone who's read it already has said that, that it's amazing and that they keep thinking about it and will be thinking about it for months. And you've already talked about it a little bit on the show, but I want to go and get an actual, you know, print edition of this galley in my hands because I feel like it's going to be an important reading experience and I'm going to want to put it on my shelf. Uh, So the Underground Railroad comes out September 13th, and it is about a slave named Cora, who is an outcast among her peer group. Uh, She gets together with a fellow slave and they're going to go on the run. They're going to try to escape um, via the Underground Railroad. But in Colson Whitehead's conception of it, from what I understand, because I have not read this yet, it's an it's a literal railroad. It's not just underground in the sense of, you know, people secretly moving other people from place to place, but actual like tracks are laid with trains on them. Uh, and everyone says it's mind blowing. So I'm going to go and I I think I picked up Zone 1 at BEA a few years ago when that was the title that he had coming out. And I did the full like, I I did not speak to him when I picked it up. I was just like, hi, thank you. Yes. (laughs) So I'm hoping to, you know, like, get a few words out this time. Oh, I'm going to go get assigned one and still not say anything because... (laughs) Like, I have the worst luck when it comes to him. Like, something horrible always happens. So I'm just going to, like, keep my head down. Just, like, get my book and go. <laughs> All right. What's the next one on your list? Oh, so um, I'm really excited about this. It's The Last Days of Night by Graham Moore. Uh, he wrote The Sherlockian, which I oh, love, okay. love, love. And he won an Oscar last year for his screenplay of The Imitation Game. Mm-hmm. which was the movie with Benedict, I believe. I don't yes. know. I haven't seen it. I'm sorry. Um, but he has a new book coming out. Um, I don't actually even know what it's about. I'm looking here. It comes out on September 20th, and it, it takes place in New York in 1888. It says, The miracle of electric light is in its infancy. Thomas Edison has won the race to the patent office and is suing his only remaining rival, George Westinghouse, for the unheard sum of $1 billion. To defend himself, Westinghouse makes a surprising choice in his attorney. He hires an untested 26-year-old fresh out of Columbia Law School named Paul Cravath. Um, the task that he has is beyond daunting. Edison proves to be a formidable, wily, and dangerous opponent. More history stuff. You know, I, I don't know. Um, it, I'm just excited because I love the Sherlockians so, so much. If you haven't read it, if you love Sherlock Holmes, it is the book to pick up. 
Um, David Grant actually wrote an essay in The Devil and Sherlock Holmes, um, a book of his essays. Is Yeah. So the Sherlock Inn is based on two true events. One was the um, death of a famous Holmes scholar. Um, he was just in the middle of bidding on this, like, lost Arthur Conan Doyle um, archive when he was found garroted to death in his hotel room. And the police ruled it a suicide. Even though everyone was like, How? That's difficult to pull off. Right. And, but it's like a true thing that actually happened. And David Graham wrote this amazing essay on it. And then Graham Moore wrote this book, The Sherlockian. And it takes place in present day when that crime is going on. But then it takes place in the past. Like, Arthur Conan Doyle used to actually investigate crimes on his own. And there was one called The Wedding Dress Murder, I think it was called. And um, he and Bram Stoker were, like, looking <laughs> into this case. Like, Bram Crazy. Stoker. Like, oh, hey, Bram Stoker. Dracula, yep. you know. Um, and it's so much fun. The book is so, so good. So I just, I loved it. I'm so excited for this next one. I want to see what's going on. More like real life history, you know, in a novel. I like that. So yeah, that's what I got. I loved that David Grant essay collection too. Oh, the, it's so great. The, like all those pieces are about obsession, right? People yes. with interesting and weird obsessions that yeah. sort of take over their lives. Um, so if you want some nonfiction, great essay collection, The Devil and Sherlock Holmes. Uh, my last anticipated galley pick today is Today Will Be Different by Maria Semple, who's the author of Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Um, and I did not know that she had a new book coming out later this year until um, I'm going to a lunch that her publisher is throwing. So I'm actually going to meet her and have an ample opportunity to be ridiculous at her. Um, and I hope that I will you know, not be terribly ridiculous. <laughs> Are you just going to quote um, like Arrested Development at her the whole I, time? I, that's basically my plan. Yeah. Um, she's so funny. And right, she was one of the um, creators and writers of Arrested Development. She's written for TV just extensively. Where'd You Go Bernadette was hilarious. And Today Will Be Different comes out October 4th. And it is a day in the life novel. The whole book is one day in this woman's life um, of this woman who is just trying to get it together. And she's like, today is going to be the day that I like get it together. I'm going to go to yoga. I want to clean the house. But uh, the universe has it in for her, and apparently today will not be the day that she gets it all together. <laughs> that's, Spoiler! That's, I, just, I guess that's what the synopsis says. Um, so I'm. that's kind of all I need to know. I really loved Where'd You Go, Bernadette. It was just so smart and so funny. It's so hard to sustain funny over the course of a novel. And she just did it really wonderfully. So I'm excited to see what today will be different, will be like also. So those are our new books and our BEA galley picks. What are you going to go read now? Uh, I'm about to start An Innocent Fashion by R.J. Hernandez. Um, again, I don't actually know what it's about. Um, I picked it up because it is edited by Hannah Wood. Um, I personally, and I don't think that I'm the only person who feels this way, I seek out books edited by specific editors. I think that they should put the editors on the cover of the book, just like they put, you know, directors on the movie posters. Um, I think that an editor makes all the difference, and I'm a huge fan of Hannah Wood, so... Um, this looks like it is about New York City fashion. Cool. So, uh, but yeah, again, you know, I just love her stuff. And um, if you have favorite editors, please tweet them at me. Let me know. Because I don't oh, think yes. I'm alone in this. Uh, so mine, I think I'm going to go read. I need to be reading the last 500 pages of The Gene by Siddhartha Mukherjee. Because, <laughs> because that's like to... half the book. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
which is amazing. And I'm going to talk about it on the next show. But I think that I'm going to cheat on it a little bit with The Wangs versus the World by Jade Chang, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a novel that comes out in October. And I don't know anything about it. I don't want to know anything about it, except that everyone who has read it so far says that it is awesome and also very funny, speaking of sustaining funny across the course of a novel. So I'm going to try to continue to not know what it's about so I can just discover it fresh. And I feel like the internet is going to start just buzzing about it uncontrollably very soon. So if I want to maintain my innocence, I'm just going to have to read it first uh, as soon as possible. You don't, you haven't heard about the sentient washing machines yet? Like, (laughs) how have you not heard that? Liberty. (laughs) I think that I know, and I'm sure that you know too, like as booksellers, when you're a bookseller and someone comes in the store and they say, I want to read something funny, you're like, oh. It's if hard. If they had said, like, I want to read something depressing, I want to read something where people die. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> horrible what things if, happen. It's like, yes, what but if, funny What have you got so that's a five hard. Kleenex snot bomb that you'll cry the whole yes. time? I'd be like, I've got you. Yeah. Funny is hard. Funny is really hard. Um, but this is going to be great. I'm really excited about The Wings versus The World. So... That is our show today. We want to thank our sponsors again, A Robot in the Garden, and that's by Deborah Install, The Square Root of Summer by, oh, I closed my notes, The Square Root of Summer <laughs> by Harriet Reuter Hapgood and Book of the Month Club. Go to bookofthemonth.com and use the offer code BOOKRIOT30 for 30% off your three-month subscription. Uh, you can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com. Please do wave at us or tweet at us if you see us on the floor at BEA or come say hi i am on twitter at rebecca shinsky s-c-h-i-n-s-k-y liberty is miss liberty and if you've got a minute and you like the show and wanted to give us a little gift as we're going into spring we did just celebrate our first anniversary um please rate or review it on itunes so that uh, we get some of that magic apple algorithm juice and other book lovers who are looking for podcasts can find their way here And as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. So Kitten Hips, I will see you in 72 hours. Woo woo. Happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.